Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of Anner Sandman to get you going on this edition of the E.T. Considers Everything podcast here for Friday, June the 14th, 2019. On this edition, we're taking a look back at the NBA Finals Game 6 last night between the two-time defending NBA champions, Golden State Warriors, and now the new NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. Also be taking a look back at Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals from Wednesday night. Also be taking a look back at Round 1 of the U.S. Open and much, much more from the sports and wrestling world, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get going on this podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead and talk about the NBA Finals Game 6 from last night. It was the final game to be played at Oracle Arena as the Golden State Warriors will move to a new arena next season in San Francisco, California, away from their previous home of Oracle Arena in Oakland, California. Last night at Oracle Arena, the Toronto Raptors claimed their first ever NBA championship, defeating the Golden State Warriors in six games and by a final score last night of 114-110 to to capture their first ever NBA championship. On the strength of Kawhi Leonard's 24 points, they go on to claim the NBA championship and stake their claim to being the best in the NBA for the 2018-2019 season. A lot of people did not see this coming. So the Toronto Raptors entered the NBA playoffs this season as the number two seed in the Eastern Conference behind a very formidable Milwaukee Bucks team who had 60 victories in the Eastern Conference this season in route to the number one seed. But it was not meant to be for the Milwaukee Bucks as they would lose to the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. So Toronto would go on to advance to the NBA Finals where they would take on the two-time defending NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors, who in the Western Conference Finals defeated the Portland Trailblazers in a four-game sweep. So a lot of people coming into the series really didn't see Toronto as a formidable opponent for the Golden State Warriors, despite the injury to Kevin Durant. He had a knee sprain that kept him out for much of the Western Conference semifinals and Western Conference finals before the NBA finals got underway. Kevin Durant would try to make a miraculous comeback to the team of the Golden State Warriors here in the NBA finals in game five in Toronto and would play about 13 minutes before re-injuring his right knee and right Achilles. He would tear his right Achilles tendon And that would force him to be out of action for the rest of the NBA Finals as the Golden State Warriors would try to capitalize on this momentum and try to remain in the series. They would win Game 5 by a final score of 111 to 110 to uh, keep their series alive, keep their series hopes alive to uh, three-peat as NBA champions. But it wasn't meant to be. Toronto was the team to beat in this series. They uh, really played well throughout it. Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Mark Gasol, all of these players came together and was on a mission to capture their first ever NBA championship as a franchise. It would be Kawhi Leonard's second NBA championship as he won one with the San Antonio Spurs in 2013. Also thwarting a three-peat by the Miami Heat, who was going for the three-peat back then. So it's really quite interesting how Kawhi Leonard has won his two NBA championships. He thwarted a three-peat by the 2011 and 2012 Miami Heat. 
and he thwarted a three-peat by the 2017 and 2018 Golden State Warriors. The latter, I think, is the much better of the two achievements. Nothing against LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and the Miami Heat. But this Golden State Warriors team has been the dominant force in the NBA throughout the past several years. And they really... Um, Got lucky, I would say, with a lot of the injuries that took place for the Golden State Warriors. But the Toronto Raptors absolutely earned this NBA championship. And for the people that are saying that there's going to be an asterisk next to this NBA championship, I say shame on all of you. First of all, the Raptors cannot control what's going to happen with injuries in this series. They, they couldn't have predicted what was going to happen to Golden, uh, to, uh, Golden State. Couldn't have predicted what was going to happen to Kevin Durant. Couldn't have predicted what was going to happen to Clay Thompson even. Clay Thompson tore his ACL last night in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. It looked like he was going to be fine as he made both free throws after tearing his ACL, showing the toughness that he had, much like Kobe Bryant had after he tore his Achilles in the 2014 NBA season but it wasn't meant to be for the Golden State Warriors as the three-peat was thwarted. Now they will move on to their new arena next season as they will look to get back on the train and make their sixth straight NBA Finals next season. It will more than likely be without the help of both Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. The shoulder of the burden here for the offense of Golden State will rely on Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and many other key pieces and components of this team that are looking to maintain their momentum inside the Western Conference with a lot of good new teams that are going to be showing up there. Many other storylines are on the docket here now that the NBA season is over. Got the upcoming NBA draft, which will begin next Thursday in Brooklyn, New York, and we're going to be very interesting to see how it will shake up. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans, as a result of winning the 2019 NBA Draft Lottery, will hold the number one pick. All sources are indicating that they will take Zion Williamson with that number one pick. John Morant more than likely will be the number two pick, and it's looking like R.J. Barrett will be the number three pick. Uh, R.J. Barrett will more than likely go to the Knicks, and John Morant will more than likely go to the Grizzlies. So it'll be very interesting to see how the NBA draft shapes out. you got a lot of very uh, interesting and key pieces there in New Orleans with uh, Anthony Davis and uh, Rajon Rondo there now. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Zion will fit in there. And he'll probably be the star of that franchise moving forward. Uh, Anthony Davis will more than likely uh, move in free agency. Um, sources are indicating it's going to be either to the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Lakers, or the New York Knicks to form another super franchise with potentially free agents Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant joining his sides. And uh, another big uh, story here as NBA free agency will take place here beginning on Sunday, June the 30th is where will Kawhi Leonard go? Will he decide to stay with Toronto Raptors after having led that franchise to the NBA championship? There's a lot of good pieces there. He's got Kyle Lowry. He's got Marcus Gasol. He's got Serge Baca. He's got Danny Green. He's got a lot of good players there that are by his side in Toronto if they choose to re-sign and keep them. And if I was Kawhi Leonard, I would seriously consider staying with the Raptors at this point. 
I mean, you can't be any worse than being an NBA champion. I mean, that's 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 the thing. When you win an NBA title, you will be forever immortalized by that franchise. Kawhi Leonard will be a legend in Toronto, whether he just, just plays that one season there or plays several more years for that franchise. He'll always be remembered as the man that helped lead them to their first NBA title. And he'll never be vilified by that franchise, in my opinion, because you can't vilify a man that led you to your first championship. Much like LeBron James when he went to Miami, that wasn't the franchise's first championship, but that was his. That meant a lot to him. That meant a lot to Chris Bosh. When they won the NBA title in 2012, defeating Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder, that really uh, shaped the career for LeBron James and changed a lot of things. And when LeBron went back to Cleveland, it really shaped his career there as well. He made four more consecutive NBA Finals appearances with the Cleveland Cavaliers, having come up short in 2015, losing in six games with his first season back with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who would go on to win the NBA championship in a thriller seven-game series in 2016, with the Cleveland Cavaliers being down 3-1 to one in that series, coming back to defeat the legendary team, the Golden State Warriors, in the 2016 NBA Finals, where they come back and had they had 73 victories that season, the Golden State Warriors did. Truly a remarkable feat for LeBron James to defeat that team with the help of Kevin Love and uh, Kyrie Irving by his side. So lots of storylines are going to be in place in the NBA free agency this offseason. Where's Kawhi Leonard going to go? Is he going to stay in Toronto? Will he go to another franchise? Where's Anthony Davis going to go? Is he going to stay in New Orleans? Is he going to go to a different franchise? Kyrie Irving, his contract's up with the Boston Celtics. Where will he go? Lots of storylines to be unfolded here over the next several weeks as the NBA draft takes place next week from Brooklyn and the NBA free agency period will begin on June the 30th this year. In previous years, it had begun on July the 1st, but now it'll begin on Sunday, June the 30th to let these franchises in early to give them a chance to sign with these players. So, um, definitely a lot going to be on the line here as the NBA offseason gets underway, and we'll see how the teams will look next year as the NBA season approaches. But congratulations to the Toronto Raptors as they win their first ever NBA championship. On Wednesday night in Boston, it was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final for the National Hockey League as the Boston Bruins were looking to win their second championship in eight years, having won the 2011 Stanley Cup Championship against the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, the St. Louis Blues, who were tied 3-3 entering this series in Game 7, were looking to win their first ever Stanley Cup Championship. And it's quite ironic that they played the Boston Bruins this year, because in 1970, they faced off against each other, and it went to seven games that year as well. The Boston Bruins would win the championship. I believe that was the last time the Blues were in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a uh, very interesting thing that those two teams would meet again 49 years to the day of that Game 7 in that 1970 Stanley Cup Final. And uh, I give them a lot of credit for making it a seven-game series. It's... A very tough position to go back to home in Game 6 in a closeout scenario for the Bruins, who were up 3-2 to two at the time. 
St. Louis would win game six in St. Louis to force a game seven back in Boston. St. Louis defeated Boston on Wednesday night by a final score four to one. Really was dominant throughout the game. Goalie Jordan Bennington had 33 saves and only gave up one goal as the Bruins would score with about two minutes to go in regulation as they were uh, playing with the man up on defense and without a goalie, obviously, as they tried to get back in the game. But a four-goal deficit with uh, seven minutes to go was too much for the Bruins to overcome. Boston Bruins would lose the Stanley Cup final in Game 7 as the St. Louis Blues would win their first-ever Stanley Cup final and their first-ever NHL championship. Just a emotional time there on Wednesday night. And uh, I don't tell this story often, but I will tell it here on this podcast today. I was talking to my brother there on Wednesday night, and I was uh, telling him that a good friend of ours who has since passed away, passed away about six years ago now, and a good friend of ours had told us once that he was a big St. Louis Blues fan. And that really never crossed my mind until game seven. And I was like, wow, this could really happen. About seven minutes to go when they got up four to nothing, tears were starting flowing from my face. I said, this is, this is going to happen. And it's a true blessing to... Just remember your friends' memories and remember what they've told you at one time in their life. El Dorado, Brandon Elder, was a great friend of mine who always looked over me during my childhood and into my early teenage years and just was a man that I could rely on and talk to so much. His sisters and his brother but they have uh, always been there for me too. And uh, Brian and Ashley and Heather, they've all been there as well. But I was really close with Brandon. Me and Brian graduated together from the class of 2009 at Pound High School. And then, of course, the younger sisters, Ashley and Heather, uh, they were a little bit younger than me. But I always grew up around them and really just appreciated their company. And... Once the Blues won the Stanley Cup on Wednesday night, I just started crying and just thinking of El Dorado, just thinking how much he would truly enjoy the Blues winning their first ever championship. And I know up in heaven he's celebrating. And Brandon, I want you to know that your memory will never be forgotten by me. From all the times we played video games together, from all the times we played cards together, all the times we loved and watched wrestling together. Your memory will never be forgotten by me, my friend. And I just want Brandon's family to know that I love him and I love each and every one of you as well. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the NHL Stanley Cup final is over. St. Louis Blues won their first ever Stanley Cup championship. They were the second of the original six teams to uh, get the their first ever championship. They were in the second six. They were not in the original six. They were in the second six teams and entered the league. They were the last franchise to be granted a uh, tenure 
by the NHL back in the year of 1957, I believe. No, excuse me, it was 19, 1967, excuse me. So, they win their first Stanley Cup championship in 52 years, and Brandon, that's for you, my friend. Of course, the NFL offseason has been uh, going on as well as many camps have been taking place. We had Odell Beckham Jr. finally show up to Cleveland Browns mini camp here. He's been uh, attending a couple practices here in the last little bit, and he's back in route for the franchise here in Cleveland now. A lot of great off-season off moves have been made in the NHL with the or the NFL, excuse me, not the NHL, the National Football League with all of these great uh, trades and free agent signings. Of course, Le'Veon Bell's now a New York Jet. We have uh, several other great moves. Of course, the Giants traded. Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns. Jarvis Landry signed with the Browns in the offseason. Of course, Antonio Brown was traded to the Oakland Raiders during the offseason. Dak Prescott's looking for a new contract with the Cowboys. Um, Aaron Rodgers was signed to an extension by the Packers. And just a lot of great free agency moves made during this NHL. I keep on saying NHL. I'm sorry for that, guys. Talked about the NHL on the previous um, topic, the NFL offseason. And I give all these teams a lot of credit for making these big free agent splashes. Of course, Oakland and the Jets, all of these guys making big free agent moves. Of course, Carolina, they made a, a really underrated move, in my opinion, signing a free agent defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, who was a former defensive player of the year with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now he's going to play with the Carolina Panthers. So I give them a lot of credit for making that move. And uh, it's just going to be fun to see with uh, all of these new faces with their new teams how they will succeed moving forward in the NFL. MLB News, the Atlanta Braves have won seven consecutive games. And now they've uh, conquered the Pittsburgh Pirates, I will say, by sweeping a four-game series with them at home this past week. Their latest victory came yesterday after uh, winning the game by a final score of 6-5. to five. They have won seven consecutive games and now hold first place in the National League East here in mid-June. Mid uh, they have been behind in the division to start with, but have really made a run here over the past couple weeks to get back in the, the National League East race and will continue to do so. Tonight they begin a three-game home series with the arch-rival Philadelphia Phillies. And those two teams are battling for first and second in the NLE. So it'll be very interesting to see what takes place there. Of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. has been on a tear here over the past 10 games. He's hit five home runs in the last 10 games to bring his home run total up to 17 now for the season. Of course, rookie Austin Riley has been continuing to drive runs in and get home runs. He's had 11 home runs in his first 30 games with the Braves and has 31 runs batted in, which are both rookie records for the Braves in that time span of 30 games, first 30 games with the franchise. So it's a very good to see Atlanta be competitive, and they will have a tough divisional race throughout the entire season with the Braves, with the Phillies, with the Mets, and with the Nationals moving forward. The uh, 
Florida Marlins. I still call them the Florida Marlins. They're the Miami Marlins now, but they'll always be the Florida Marlins to me. They are at the bottom of the division and really are not competitive. So it's a four-team race. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if Atlanta can repeat as National League East champions for the first time since the end of their 14 straight divisional titles that they won from 1991 to 2005. They repeated as NL East champions, obviously, during those 14 years, but they last repeated back-to-back 2004 in 2005. The 2019 U.S. Open is underway at Pebble Beach as the uh, great golf tournament is underway. It's the 119th edition of this wonderful golf championship, and many great storylines are in place here. Um, Victor Hovland, the U.S. Amateur Champion, has been playing very well so far. Shot an even par 71. That's a very strong showing for the amateur champion. This will be his last appearance as an amateur as he will make the transition to being a full-time pro on the PGA Tour after this U.S. Open. Justin Rose tied the U.S. Open record at Pebble Beach for a score as he shot a first-round 665 to take a one-shot lead over Louis Oosthuizen, who is in second place at minus five and three others who are tied for second at minus five. Tiger Woods shot a opening round one under par 70. Very impressive round, given that he had a lot of scrambling to do throughout the round. I told my cousin Jordan May yesterday, my brother Matt, Matt Mullins, that he was a man that's not a rambling man. He was a scrambling man yesterday. Of course, all of you have Heard the great song, I was born a rambling man. Well, Tiger was born a scrambling man yesterday as he made a lot of great up and downs for par and continued his great momentum in major championship play. He uh, looks to win his 16th major championship here at the U.S. Open, and that will leave him too short of tying the great Jack Nicklaus for all-time major victories at 18. And he's two victories away from breaking the all-time wins record that is held by Sam Snead. Sam Snead holds 82 victories. Tiger Woods has 81 in his career. So really, we have seen the very best golfer of all time, in my opinion, with Tiger Woods here. And I know a lot of people will say, well, Jack Nicklaus was the same for our generation back in the 70s and the 80s. I totally agree with that. But you look at the sustained dominance of Tiger Woods throughout his entire career, and he continues to be a guy that competes at a high level, no matter where the tournament is being played at, whether it's a major, whether it's a World Golf Championship, whether it's a FedEx Cup playoff event. It doesn't matter. Tiger will always step up to the occasion. Tiger has two key victories here in the last nine months as he won the Masters back in April for his first major victory in 11 years and captured his first PGA Tour victory at the Tour Championship back in September. That was his first Tour victory in five years. So Tiger looks to maintain his opening round uh, steady play as round two will get underway here of the U.S. Open, it's already underway. Round two is underway. Justin Rose, as I mentioned before, is in the lead. 
minus 665 after round one. Louis stays in second, minus five at 66. Ricky Fowler also shot a opening round five under 66. And Brooks Kepka, the two-time defending U.S. Open champion, Open played very strong with a four under 67. So all these men will be looking to add another major to their case. Ricky Fowler, of course, looking for his first major championship. Louis stays in looking for his second major championship after he won the U.S. Uh, the excuse me the Open Championship back in 2010 at St Andrews. Of course, the wrestling scene is getting very entertaining now. They had the Super Showdown event this past Friday, last Friday at uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and a lot of great key momentum has been made after that event. The Stomping Grounds pay-per-view will take place for WWE one week from Sunday. That'll be in Tacoma, Washington. We'll have a steel cage match for the WWE Championship. as will be Dolph Ziggler challenging Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. It'll be Baron Corbin once again challenging Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Of course, Brock Lesnar holds the Money in the Bank briefcase and can cash in either on the WWE Champion or the Universal Champion. We'll also be seeing Roman Reigns take on Drew McIntyre. We'll be seeing Finn Balor defending his Intercontinental Championship against Andrade once again. We'll be seeing Samoa Joe defending his U.S. Championship, I'm pretty sure, in a matchup yet to be determined. We'll see the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line as the Revival will defend their newly won Tag Team Championships more than likely against the Usos and the team of Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. And much, much more will be taking place during this wonderful pay-per-view event. Stomping Grounds one week from Sunday in Tacoma, Washington for WWE. Of course, All Elite Wrestling has been stealing the news here throughout the past few weeks, of course, with our fantastic Double or Nothing event, which took place on Saturday, May 25th during Memorial Day weekend. Had the Emotional return of John Moxley to the wrestling scene in all elite wrestling, taking his frustrations out on the cleaner Kenny Omega, having dirty deeds to him on a stack of poker chips, and then gave him a, I'm going to say an F, you gave him an F you off the uh, poker chips there through a table. He also dirty deed Chris Jericho after the match. Of course, Chris Jericho will be in the first ever all elite wrestling world championship match against the man that won the Casino Battle Royal during the pre-show for Double or Nothing, that being Hangman Adam Page. will be Chris Jericho versus Hangman Adam Page for the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship at All Out on Saturday, August the 31st. And you'll also be seeing John Moxley making his pay-per-view debut for All Elite Wrestling as he will be taking on the cleaner Kenny Omega. Also be seeing the Young Bucks defending their tag team championships from AAA more than likely against SoCal Uncensored, and that might be to determine the first ever All Elite Wrestling Tag Team Champions. And you'll also be seeing Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes teaming up more than likely, or we'll have Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes in singles action during that event. So a lot's going to be taking place for All Elite Wrestling here over the next couple of months. Fighter Fest will be taking place on Saturday, June the 29th, as that event will be taking place during the E3 convention. That will be at Daytona Beach, Florida. 
We'll see matches with Cody Rhodes against Darby Allen, John Moxley taking on Joey Janela. We'll see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega teaming on to take on the team of the Lucha Brothers and a partner to be named later. And much, much more. Chris Jericho will not be at, at this event for AEW Fighter Fest as he st staked on his social media that he's still not been thanked by All Elite Wrestling for making a, a huge splash at All Elite Wrestling, double or nothing, and not being thanked for this matchup. So he will be boycotting the Fighter Fest event and will not be in attendance for that. Of course, the New Japan G1 Climax Tournament will be getting underway here in early July. It will be a huge event as it will determine the number one contender for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling as this tournament has done. It will be separated in two blocks, the A block and the B block. Notable entrance for the tournament will be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Tatsu Naito, the IWGP United States Champion, John Moxley. You'll be seeing other great members of that roster take place in that event as well. More than likely, Cody Ibushi will be in the tournament and many, many more great wrestlers from New Japan Pro Wrestling will be in that G1 Climax of course, the G1 Climax will be getting underway earlier this year, and it'll be getting underway in the United States for the first time as first-round matchups in the A Block and the B Block will be taking place at the G1 Climax in Dallas, Texas, coming up the second week of July. And that'll be on the weekend of, I believe, July the 5th and 6th, if I'm not mistaken, or it's the weekend of July 12th and the 13th. So definitely a lot's going to be on the line for the New Japan Pro Wrestling world. And it's going to be fun to see what takes place there. The ROH, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, will be defended by Matt Taven against Jeff Cobb at the War of the Worlds pay-per-view event for Ring of Honor Wrestling. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out on top of that matchup, along with other great matchups playing there in Ring of Honor Wrestling as well. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what takes place. Of course, WWE is not the only wrestling company in town. As I mentioned before, we have All Elite Wrestling. You have New Japan Pro Wrestling. You have Ring of Honor. You have AAA. You have Impact. Just a lot of great wrestling companies out there. Do I think anybody will overtake WWE? No, unfortunately, I do not. But... As long as there's competition out there and as long as there's alternatives to the WWE option, this is a good thing not only for professional wrestling but fans in general because it's always good to have options. When you have one product for so long and you keep on seeing the same matches booked over and over and over again or a variation of the same matches booked over and over and over again, you're really not enjoying the product and getting the most out of that product. Fresh matchups are great for the wrestling industry. Cody Rhodes, as the executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling, along with Tony Khan, who's the owner of All Elite Wrestling, knows that better than anybody. Of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they keep their content fresh. They have G1 Climax. They have the uh, Wrestle Kingdom event, they have Dominion, 
They have the best of the Super Juniors. Just a lot of great tournaments that really entice the fans to watch something different and give them something truthfully time-consuming and loving to watch. And that's the beautiful thing of professional wrestling. You truthfully get a great enjoyment of watching fresh matchups that you don't always get to see. And that's the beautiful thing of being in the wrestling industry. Of course, coming up here in the next little bit, ladies and gentlemen, got many great events that's going to be taking place in the backyard wrestling scene. June Madness will be taking place for the American Championship Backyard Wrestling Company, ACBW, today as uh, we had to make up a, an event that was supposed to take place this past Sunday but was moved up to today, June the 14th, due to weather. I will not be able to attend that event today because uh, my good friend had to work, so I will not have a ride down there. But I wish all the competitors that are competing at ACBW June Madness the very best. You'll have a five stages of hell match between the champion, the United States champion, Hunter Blade, and the challenger, William the Spider Jackson, with special guest referee for that matchup, Rebecca Blade. You'll also be seeing the World Heavyweight Championship defended in a fatal four-way or a fierce five match with Hunter Blade defending the World Championship against competitors like Josh Little, William the Spider Jackson, Cowboy John, and many more. So, And then you'll have the World Television Championship on the lines to be Cowboy John challenging Hunter Blade for that. The UCWA World Champion Logan Price will be defending the World Heavyweight Championship against the winner of a triple threat submission match between William the Spider Jackson and it'll be uh, Cowboy John and Josh Baller in that matchup. So, a lot on the line today at ACBW June Madness and we're all looking forward to that event. I wish all of those guys that are competing today there the very best. Of course, next weekend, it's our big event. And as the general manager of UCWA Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance, I take a lot of pride in announcing that Rags to Riches will be held next Saturday, June the 22nd. The Rags to Riches ladder match will be taking place. Many great participants will be in line for that matchup. And then, of course, it'll be a two-fall Triple threat match. The first fall will be for the Valor Championship as Mikey Reedy defends the Valor Championship against the world champion, the Broken Architect Logan Price, and yours truly, the Bruiser Bubba Tai. And likewise, in the second fall, it'll be for the UCWA World Heavyweight Championship as, ACB, as UCWA Valor Champion, Mikey Reedy will take on the UCWA World Champion Logan Price and myself in a triple threat matchup there as well. And then, of course, at the end of the event, there's always the potential for a cash-in of the Rags to Riches briefcase. Moving on to July, we've got two great events taking place then. ACBW will present June, July Bash, the weekend, second weekend of July, and UCWA will present Death Clock, the third weekend of July. And then in August... Both brands comes together. Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance and American Championship Backyard Wrestling will combine forces along with Prestige Championship Wrestling as we present our reunion show known as Reignition. 
We are reigniting the flame of backyard wrestling in Southwest Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. And it's truly an honor to be involved in this event. Of course, myself and Shannon Steele were the co-owners of Prestige Championship Wrestling. I was the general manager for Glade Spring Wrestling for a couple years. And now I'm the general manager here for Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance. So I've got a lot of experience in many different backyard companies many different backyard arenas. But the one thing that I'm taking a lot of pride in is that at Reignition on Saturday, August the 17th, I will be officially retiring from competition in backyard wrestling. And I know I've said it a lot. I've said that I'm going to retire from backyard competition, backyard wrestling. I mean it this time. I will no longer be competing after Reignition on August 17th in August. And I'm super blessed to be able to continue to be the general manager for Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance as long as the owner of UCWA, Logan Price, will have me. And I'm very proud to be helping out with ACBW as long as the owner, Hunter, Hunter Becker, and the general manager of ACBW, Bobby Rudder, will have me place in there as well. So ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, that's going to do it for this edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast for Friday, June the 14th, 2019. If y'all don't mind, share this video, share this video, share this podcast with your friends. Let them know that ET is doing a podcast. I'm going to try to be doing one at least once a week to talk to you guys about what is going on in the sports world, what's going on in the professional wrestling world, and what's going on in the backyard wrestling world as well. I've got plenty of time off here over the next few weeks to talk about some sports and wrestling news with you guys, and I'll definitely do it as time allows me to. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Eric Tyler Mullins, and I'm the host of ET Considers Everything. I'll see y'all next time. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, we will see you next time here at the home of the Bruiser Bubba Ty, the executioner E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins, Pound Virginia's own. E.T. considers everything. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening.